0: Everybody. welcome, welcome. Good morning to you. Um, as was said, I am not Glenn. I am Craig, and uh, I'm standing in for him because they have COVID in the house, and uh, Glenn is being careful not to spread the, you know, the good news of him being able to rest. Uh, so I just wanted to welcome you all. There's some new faces. Um, we're, we're glad you're here. Um, I want to start with a story this morning, and this is a kind of a fable, we'll say, but it's, and it's made up, but it, it has to do with a <clears throat> a middle-aged executive working in Portland, and he was working lots of hours and really striving to get ahead, but he became disillusioned with his worldly efforts. And so he decided to take it, uh, because it was felt far from God, so he decided to take a, um, a Sabbath and leave Portland and move to uh, make, a, make a trip to a, a local monastery, a Trappist monastery near Lafayette. And he was there, and he met a, a sage monk, and he talked to him about getting closer to God, And he was instructed to sit in silence and do that several times a day along with all the other things that he was doing. And um, after about two weeks, nothing was happening. And so he was frustrated. So he went back to his sage monk and he said, nothing's happening, you know, what's the point of... um, What's the point of this, all this sitting and in, in silence? And the the monk said to him, his mentor said, Well, it's very it's very significant, as significant as the sun rising every morning. And in frustration, the middle-aged detective said, So what's the point of what's the point? And the monk said, The point is this. If the sun rises, then you will be present, and you'll be awake. And that's part of, um, that's kind of the, the point of what I want to talk about today, is how do we stay awake in a culture that demands our attention? And so, um, <clears throat> we're in this series called Rhythms of Grace, and and. um if if we're going to have a rhythm of grace, we also have to have means of grace that meet us. And this would be hopefully on a slide. Um, the means a uh, means of grace is are the different vehicles that God uses to infuse His life into us and make us more like Jesus. So these are things like the Word of God, community, prayer, um, but they're all empowered. Grace is empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is uh, um, the presence of God in us and around us and through us that actually does more than we can do ourselves. It's an empowering by God. So, I want to do an experiment with you. Um, if you would, would you get out your phone? You don't have to do this. This is just, just to make a point. So if, get out your phone and um, I want you to do this, turn it off. Should be a slide to that effect. Turn it all the way up, not just turn off the ringer but turn it off completely. All right, so if you've done that, or if you're thinking about doing that, the question is, how does that make you feel? Um, Sometimes we feel afraid because we're going to miss something. Sometimes you might feel resistance because I'm asking you to do something like that. Um, But the point is, you have just made space for God. For God for you to have attention towards God rather than a device that's calling your name 24 hours a day. So I'm going to leave mine off for the duration of the talk. So here's a question. What is the most precious commodity that you have that both God and the world, or the devil, want from you? The answer is, it's your attention. Another slide. Your attention is key. Your attention is what you set your affections on, what you focus on, what your heart moves towards, where you spend your time. It's the energy that you put out to move through the day. And there is an old saying, "We behold, what become what we behold. And so your attention has a lot to do with how you're transformed or who you become. And the, the world has become incredibly good at vying for your attention. Have you, it, there's a, there's a, um, a documentary that I would recommend that you watch if you haven't seen it already called Social Dilemma. And in that documentary they interview people that have retired or resigned from big corporations like Google and FaceTime. And essentially, the reason why they've resigned is because these um, companies have developed ways to gather your and direct your attention. Your attention is a commodity because it's worth money. And so they have these giant... um, computers like rooms of them underground that have, that produce algorithms to direct your attention through social media and uh and in fact so have you ever have you ever looked something up on the internet all of a sudden you're getting either articles offered to you or advertisements about that thing that's because there's a computer somewhere that's got your name and is looking at you and is directing your attention and so we tend to feed on and we tend to um, have our, our attention drawn away by the culture. And this is interesting that um, Gary gave the word this morning about do not be conformed to this world because the world wants to conform you to its image. And uh, we're in this conflict where actually we're trying to become conformant to the image of God. So the question is, what are you being, Where is your attention, and how are you being formed? Is it on the polarized drama between the right and the left politically? Is it trying to survive having three kids in Saturday, Sunday um, sports? Is it working three jobs to try to make ends meet? Um, Is it, you know, binging on crime series or cooking shows? What has your attention? And you could you know, like fill in the blank there, but here's something that I think is an important principle for us to remember. And uh, n- next slide, please. Um, I want to read to you out of um, Ephesians four seventeen through nineteen, and this is Paul speaking and instructing um, the Ephesians on how to stay on course with equipping yourself to serve God. He says, I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles. And for our purposes, those are we could say those embroiled in, in this culture, you know, this God's culture, no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking, which again, this is my ad, which is what results from misguided attentiveness, is darkened thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separate from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality So as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are they are full of greed, or other translations say, and with a continual lust for more. So, some of the words here are uh, that I just want to reinforce: is feudal thinking, darkened understanding, separation from the life of God, which is kind of an inner. An inner ignorance, um, hardening of the heart, and a loss of sensitivity. And then there's this giving ourselves over to the thing that's drawing us, or our, our habitual attentions. And so this is a, the, the, the effect of this is being involved in our, in our five sense involvement in the culture, or any other thing, is the possibility of having our heart dulled or hardened, and this is a very, very subtle. It's a very subtle process, and uh, we can, over time, just become sort of faint and far from God if we're not setting our attention on God um, on purpose. Our intention is to set our attention on God. And the, the, actually the title of what I'm talking about today, I, I said, is getting away with God. And that's sort of the point is how do we do that? Is that we, we have to be intentional about getting alone with God in whatever form that is so that we can attend to him. So getting back to the cell phone exercise, we make space for God by turning things off that try to buy for our attention. Have you ever felt like you're moving through the days like a stone skipping over the water of your depth, the depth of your heart? If, if so, it may be that you've been sort of hardened by um, the demands of being evolved in this culture. In contrast to sort of the demonstrative calling of the culture, how does God speak um, sometimes he'll hit us over the head with a two-by-four, but um, usually it's a quiet voice, right? You'll remember the story of Elisha, who's fleeing from Jezebel, ends up in a cave, and he wants God to speak to him, and there is wind that breaks rocks, and there's an earthquake, and there's a big fire but says God was not in any of those demonstrative things, instead he came in a in a whisper or a quiet voice. So the question is how are we going to how's God going to get our attention um, when he speaks in a small a small voice, a small whisper you know in the in the midst of all of this that's calling us? Well, the answer is that we have a part, right all of us have a part in collaborating with God and collaborating with hearing his voice. And I'm I'm talking about hearing his voice as if God is a relational God and he communicates with us. And I'm making an assumption that he does, that God does do that through his Holy Spirit and that's available to us. And so part of what I'm sharing today is about that process of how do we continue to cooperate with God in that process of um, hearing him, hearing his love for us, hearing his desire for um, what we need to do inwardly to become conformed to the image of Jesus. Um, And what does he want us to do in service um, for those outside of us? So the primary reason for getting alone with God is to make space for awareness of his contact with us. Next slide. Here's bottom line. No wilderness, no revelation. What I mean by wilderness is that space we make for God. So remember Jesus often went into the wilderness, right? To commune with God and to hear his voice. And so our wilderness looks different. Uh, maybe, it might be actually going to a monastery, but we're talking about how do we create little spaces for God that are, that are like the wilderness so that we can pay attention to him. He wants us to do that so that he can talk to us about a great number of things. That have to do with our life. So, what are the implications of what I've said so far? Um, I'm going to give you kind of like a, a device um, to for you to think about as a, a sort of a way of thinking about this idea of retreating and and making myself available for God. And it's called Slide. Uh, stop looking, listen. Thank you. So let's talk about stop. Stop. When I say stop, that means how am I going to get off the hamster wheel of life? How am I going to um, set aside the things that distract me, that call me, that call for my attention, and make myself available to God? Um, How am I going to um, set my five senses on the person of God, rather than everything that's calling me outside of me. So there are many ways to do this, many ways to stop. One is retreat. So you could actually decide, I'm going to go somewhere, um, and I'm going to get alone, and I'm going to intentionally spend time with God. And to be honest with you, the, when I have f- done that numerous times, usually the first half day I take a nap, <laughs> Because when I stop moving, I realize how tired I am, you know. And so that's okay. Um, That's a part of retreating, a part of getting ready for God is to rest, you know, is to to be rested. But you can take a retreat, a formal retreat, spend a certain amount of time. You could um, have a regular quiet time in the morning. Um, My wife and I, most mornings, sit in our living room together. We light some candles and we go through our uh, sort of our little liturgy of listening to something, maybe a podcast, um, praying for the people that we're praying for, sitting in silence for a while. And that's a regular quiet time. There are times outside of that also that we do more individually, but that's our our quiet time. Thing you have to worry about, though, or be careful with, with quiet times, is sometimes it can become so habitual they become rote and a little bit dead. So it's good to mix it up. You know, um, you might, at the end of the day, look back over your day and ask yourself, When did I feel close to God, or when did when was I felt when did I feel drawn away from God? So you might do kind of a daily review of Your time with God. And that's more of a reflective thing. Some people set an alarm um, that alerts them like two, three, four, five times a day remember God. And so you stop whatever you're doing and you spend a few minutes um, just, you know, recollecting your day and saying, hi, God, you know, um, I'm still here. You want to say anything to me? um, You can do this in community, form a small group where the point is talking about what God is doing in my life. Some people use a journal as a way of stopping reflecting. There are many ways. This is creative, up to you. How do you personally, what works for you? But the point is to stop. To make space for God. Second thing is look or notice. Um, once you've stopped, um, then you let the Holy Spirit bring to your mind the the, the little nudges, the little ways in which God has, tr- you know, been trying to get your attention. And sometimes this is, you know, it's not in the moment. It could be in the present moment. Once you stop, you then just. Begin praying and and have an experience with God. But sometimes noticing is looking back and remembering, I think that was God. I think that was God, and I missed it. Like, I remember when, um, oh, this is a, it's kind of a hard memory for me, but um, when John Wimber, who was um, my, you know, my pastor, had cancer. And he, uh, I never felt close to him. I never felt like, you know, I know he knew my name, but it, there was not a big relationship. But for about two days, I had this really strong inner, like, feeling that I was supposed to go visit him. And, you know, but I thought, my thinking was, nah, he wouldn't want to see me, you know. But I, but I, and so I didn't do it. But I think that was a time when the Holy Spirit was really drawing me, to to do a visitation for whatever reason, and I've, I that's one of those things that I missed. But I looked I looked back on that and I realized that was something that I missed. But there are many things that we can then say. What did that experience? What was that like? And notice it when we are in the present moment. If we bring, if we if we recollect ourselves, if we. Rep, um, reflect on our lives, we we get a clearer and clearer knowledge of how God speaks to us and when He's drawing us, either towards something He wants us to do or something He wants us to change inside. So, notice. um, Once you've stopped, then you notice little nudges from God. And that's that's another, it's kind of a whole... Different sermon, you know, how do we hear God? and of course, that's unique for all of us, and there are many ways to do that, but this is a, this is call a call to stop, look, or notice, and then last thing is listen, and listening to God is it implies that we uh, we're in dialogue that's that means prayer, right? So listening to God happens in prayer. It's where we make ourselves available to hear his voice. Uh, we, we put out our, um, we pour our heart out and listen for what he's saying back to us. So it's not intercession, which is praying for others. This is something where we actually interact with God, and there are different ways to do that as well. So I'm going to share, um, uh, let's see, next slide. Yeah, Okay. Ta-da! Artwork. <laughs> I'm going to share a little bit about um, a stop, look, and listen that was a part of my life. So i um, i was a, I was a pastor for 32 years, and I knew I was retiring soon. And I began to wonder, what am I going to do in my retirement? Does God have you know something specific for me? And so I decided I needed to make a space to hear about that. And so I decided to go on a three-day silent retreat. And um, so when I got there, so that was my stop. I made space for God to speak to me. When I got there, I saw this table that had all this art stuff on it, which I'm not really an artist, right? You may notice that. But um, it had, you know, popsicle sticks and watercolors and scissors and stamps and paper and all kinds of stuff. And I felt drawn to it. So that was my noticing. That was my looking. And I was instructed. I thought, okay, I'm going to try this. I've never done this before. I'm going to try this out, see what God will say to me through art. And um, so I was told by the person that was directing this, what you do is you go and pray. And if an image comes to you, then try to put it on paper and so I didn't have a whole image so the first thing that came to me was um, dragonflies which uh, I thought oh popsicle sticks you know I I first put some dragonflies down on the on the um, on the page and as I continued to work um, the rest of the Image sort of emerged as a field, right there's plants, there's a big flower in the bottom, there's little reeds, and there's birds and um, uh, and then i as I continued to talk to God, some words began to emerge um, and those words I began to understand from God that you my calling for you in retirement is not necessarily a bullseye. It doesn't have to be a specific place um, in a specific job or or a specific activity. But here's what I want you to be doing wherever you are. So in other words, my will for you is more like a field. It's more like a field where you have freedom to move around. Um, But I do have certain words that... um, that I'm I'm encouraging with. And one, one was photography, which is a hobby of mine. And so, okay, um, that'll be how I relax and express myself. Fly, okay, whatever that means. Express you. Earthly indifference, that's about try, continuing to develop a detachment, not uh, from, kind of like what we're saying today, the demands of the world, so that I'm available to God. And I can be flexible. Emerge means keep growing. Listening stance is an attitude that God wants me to have with others and help others bloom. That's sort of what I've always been doing, but he wants me to keep doing and um, allow mistakes. That's for my perfectionism. (laughs) That's something that I need to do and, and need to keep working on. So that was my stop, look, and listen, and this is what came out of it. So now I have this. It's just like a a visual journal for me. Um, So I I keep this um, in a little filing, in a file that I have, and every once in a while I bring it out and look at it. But I wanted to share it with you just as a kind of like an example of this stop, look, and listen process. So... So here's here's my conclusion for today. God calls us to to develop a habitual rhythm of getting alone with Him for the purpose of transformation and obedience. God's part is to grace us with movements of His voice and love. We have a part that of presenting ourselves to God. One paradigm for how to do this is to stop, or make space for God, to rest from sensual input, to look, what is God highlighting in the way of speaking to me, and then listen or reflect and reset if necessary. Find ways to dialogue with God and amplify what he's saying to me. We are in an ongoing journey to monitor the ways in which we have ordered our attention and affection. And so the, the, what I was wanting to bring to you today was just to highlight this idea that all of us have an attention that we spend. And the question is, where are we going to spend that attention? All right. So that's all I have to say today. Uh, I'd like to pray real quick and then we can be done.